I totally hit, forgot to hit that. Um, so it's Amy Vertries. We're talking the book club, um, A Woman's Guide to Power, Unbound by Kasania Urbaniak. Um, and, you know, we were just talking about uh, in meetings and things like that, when we have these difficulties speaking up, how women don't speak up and using her strategy of asking a question. And I think you brought up a good point is like, does it matter what the question is? I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think that probably, I mean, yeah, it does matter to some extent, I think, you know, like, I don't think in a meeting you want to just be like, well, what's your favorite color? Like that doesn't really, you know, <laughs> but I think um, probably even not being afraid to ask a question, maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's not the best question, but I think in general, um, what I, what I'm observing is that men aren't, they're, most of them just give their opinions. Number one, they don't ask questions. And number two, they don't really care what, whether that, you know, how that exactly comes out. At least they give that impression. So, you know, I don't know, but it sounds fine to me. So I think I'm probably more judging myself more harshly than I would somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, Isn't that always the truth? <laughs> I think, I mean, maybe like now that you kind of like mention it, <laughs> but that's, so that's what I think. I, I don't know, but I think it is, it, it is challenging to come up with good questions and you don't want to waste people's time. And a lot of meetings are time wasters because people don't ask good questions. And I think the agenda is rarely sort of brought up ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you don't even know, like, you can't really prepare yourself for a meeting. Like, you know, it would be nice as a group leader to, to bring that agenda ahead of time. Yeah, that that actually is interesting. That, that leads to what she, um, one of the points she gets to is like, we, when we know what we want and what you want is I want an agenda ahead of the meeting. So when you know that desire, like when you speak it out loud, then what happens? Um, Well, I'm uh, having never done that before, (laughs) but I think sometimes they, uh, you know, I'm not sure, Um, but it might definitely be helpful. I love, I love this because like, you know, so then you actually have a question in mind, right? Can you provide an agenda before the meeting or what's this meeting about? Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, like, um, I don't know, like we're looking specifically at your RVUs. Here's your spreadsheet for the last couple of months, you know, you know, go through and, you know, figure out what, what are you doing the most of and how we can help you like that. That would be a helpful <laughs> ahead of time thing. I mean, maybe you should intuit these things, but I mean, we're all kind of busy, so um, well, it's also, it's interesting and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, kind of getting the thought and I've seen this before. People are like, well, I go to a meeting, I'm blindsided. Well, what if like, that's just how they run it. I mean, you go to a meeting and then like, we'll just deal with it at the time. It's like, I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to deal with it at this meeting. And uh, so then you're at the meeting and if they do talk about like RVUs or something like that, you know, we, we certainly have a lot of thoughts about RVUs and, and generation and stuff like that. And so um, one thing to consider is like controlling your, your thoughts in your mind. And I think what she said um, is very interesting because apparently, I guess um, someone posted on the Facebook group that her co-founder of her group um, trained with Chris Voss, um, which was our last book club book. Um, and they, they both, you know, it's kind of like the uh, asking um, tactical empathy and asking clarifying questions. And so I think the question is, is like asking clarifying questions, you know, and so, and also, you know, not reacting to it because uh, mm-hmm. what I took that asking a question to mean is also kind of like building the pause between your, your thought and your response. The question just gives a little bit of space. And then if you do something that provides a little space, it's helpful. But if you ask a clarifying question, um, mm-hmm. that's even more helpful. Like, Someone says, we're going to talk about your RVUs in the meeting. And you're like, wait a minute, I, we should have had an agenda. Why didn't we have an agenda? I feel like, I feel like kind of, you know, blindsided and things mm-hmm. like that. And so of course you like then lead to like defensiveness, you know, right? Like, well, what the hell are you talking about RVUs? And you didn't tell me we were talking about that. And what do they think about that? Why do they? What the heck? Right. You know, I think the, the power of questions is to say that, um, so tell me more about the, you know, or like what do you know about these RVUs or, or what can you tell me about the RVUs and, and things like that? So th- maybe those are the, the questions I take with 
them to mean were clarifying questions where you're so, gathering information. Yeah. So, I mean, I, the reason I bring it up is because this, this occurred with me You know, I've been at a new practice. It's a private practice for about a year and a half now. And, you know, I'm supposed to go off of salary. Right. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, in about six months and everybody thought, you know, oh, you know, I would, I would be off a salary by now and I'm not. And part of that I think is pandemic, but, um, you know, now pandemic is over pretty much, I think in the medical world. So anyway, so yeah, like basically this RVU thing came up. And so the question was, so like the meetings listed as review, you know, your review, <laughs> yearly review, or I don't know, something like that. Which, which you translate to is, this is where we judge you. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, and I, no one really ever said anything super harsh, but I think you could interpret it that way. But at any rate, they were like, you know, so how is practice building going? You know, <laughs> you know? and I'm just like, well, what do you mean? I don't, you know, like, I, I don't know how you answer that question. I guess it is an open-ended question, but do you have a suggestion for like clarifying question? I mean, yes, it's hard, you know, there's a bunch of different specialties all vying for my business. So I'm in vascular. So there's IR is very strong and I'm actually part of a cardiology group. So, so I don't want to like go off into a, if you want to talk about more stuff from the book, but like, it is the stuff of the book though. That's exactly yeah. it. You know, I think it was fantastic yeah. because, you know, the, um, and there was your point exactly too, which is what is the question that I would ask? And, you know, what I really liked is she, she put it in the context of attention. So when they ask mm -hmm. you a question, the attention is on you. When you mm -hmm. ask a question, you turn that, that light back on them. And so they say, well, what do you think your numbers are due to? You can say like, it's been a little difficult here in the pandemic. What do you think it's due to? <laughs> I mean, look how right? deep that is. You know, you, you kind of, this is a tactical empathy. Gosh, the pandemic's been a lot, you know, difficult in everyone. You know, how do you feel like things are going? You know? Oh, um, yeah, that's a good, I mean, yeah, that, that exactly. Like how, how is it affecting other people? Because I mean, it's a very large group with, you know, a bunch of different people. So I don't know, like getting kind of like how other people are doing is helpful. But it's not just um, that, it's getting them to answer the question. They want you to answer the question. You could turn around them and say, why don't you answer that? Because this is where it's helpful is that you are now are responding to their thoughts, having lots of internal drama. And then you kind of, you're, you're like frazzled. Like, what, what do I say? Um, yeah. Whereas if you kind of approach this of they're providing, I need to get more information from them. Maybe they have information they're not sharing with me. And maybe I can actually draw this attention out. That's the whole, that's much more the Chris Foss never split the difference of, you know, getting mm. all the information from them. That's oh, yeah. Because your thought is like, do they feel like I'm on target? Why don't you just ask them? Do you feel like I'm on target based on pandemic data? Yeah. What I wanted to ask them is like exactly how, because I feel like I'm working a lot, you know, like I feel like I'm, I'm rarely home. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm on call a lot and I'm working a lot. So like, what exactly do you, like, how am I going to get to this target, which I'm not terribly far off, but like, you know, how is that going to be achievable in their minds? You know, when I already feel personally, like I'm already I've given my life to serve, you know, being a surgeon, right? You know, so it's a little frustrating when it comes down to like that. You, um, I would definitely make sure if you haven't read it that Chris Voss has never split the difference because how mm -hmm. you would answer that is to say, like, you state the question and you have them solve it. I really feel like I'm working a lot and I'm you know, really spending a lot of time at work and I'm taking away time from family. But what you're saying is that my target is not meeting the goal. How am I supposed to do that? Yeah. I mean, that sounds so way. blunt, but like, that's exactly what I wanted to ask, but I was like too scared to ask. <laughs> but why? So yeah, I need to read that. I don't, well, I don't know. You know, like, like it's exact. That's why the book was sounds fast. I got to read all of it, but like, you know, that's why it's, it is kind of like, um, uh, somehow in some, some type of social conditioning, at least for me that I just, I never speak up. I just don't, I have opinions, but I just, Never did, you know. Yeah. 
Well, this is, I think that, yeah, this book is very helpful, I think, for that, because, you know, she kind of gets into, like, speaking your desires, and, Mm -hmm. you know, those unsaid things, you know, it's interesting, because I've been spending this whole morning thinking about unsaid things, and I'm like, well, I could fill a book with this right now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, those little things, those little resentments that you have, you know, this, the one came up this morning, like, gosh, you know, I, I, this keeps coming up and, and it's just because I don't want to say it out loud and I don't want to deal with thinking about it, you know? Um, but when you start writing these things down, you're like, oh, I'm still a little bit angry about that. And so, you know, mm-hmm. you can either say, you know, and I think I like the way she said that I'm going to, you know, th- those things unsaid, um, when you start to write them down, then you can start either letting them go or mm-hmm. problem solving about it, you know? And if your yeah. thought is like, you know, the administration, it has this, you know, like think, what are all the, un, what are the unthings, unsaid things you're saying about that meeting? What are the unsaid things that you're saying? Their so RVU target uh, is? Yeah. Um, you want a number? No, 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 no. Uh, like, how do you feel about their RVU target? I think it's, I think it's fair. I mean, it's not, they're not asking me to do any more than any of my other partners. Um, but I think some of the unsaid stuff is structurally. Um, and I, I, I do think we brought me and my other partner who did most of the talking as the man did bring up some, you know, points about how the structure of how things are set up for us really does inhibit our ability to do our jobs, you know? Um, For example, like just really daily little stupid thing, not stupid, like the little things that are the big things. Um, I mean, I could go into various things, but I guess the, that's kind of the main point is, you know, structurally it's, it's, it's very difficult to um, like, you know, we are, it is a cardio, I joined a cardiology group as a surgeon. So, you know, I don't know what I was expecting, but some, you know, they, they don't want to give up any of their business and stuff like that. So some of them play nice in the sandbox and some of them don't, but in general, the management, you know, pays more attention to cardiology and, and like, I don't have an RFA machine, you know, stuff like that, that, um, you know, they say, oh, yeah, we're going to get it, but it's been months and like short of me going and stealing one from where I know one is. I never told the administration about how their system is not helping me. Yeah, basically. um, I think that I do tell them, like I have sent emails at various points, but it kind of comes off as a little more, it's usually when something is happening and it comes off more angry than helpful, (laughs) maybe. Um, Desire is, your desire is to communicate them without anger or when something is wrong. Yes, yes. and for them to listen, you know, for them to, for something to actually change. <laughs> you know, so, so. You know, that goes to those other two exercises that she had in there. It's like, you know, what is your, your bad girl protocol? And then your, that, which reveals your desires, right? Your bad girl protocols. I'm, I'm going to make them, I'm going to find any way for them to listen to me, you know, like whatever that, that takes kind of thing. And your desire is, I just, I want to be heard. I want these things to be fixed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once And then her thought is like, once you start stating these desires, stating these desires of what you want, mm-hmm. then everything, all of your effort is focused towards that. So rather than being the reactionary, send an email when there's a problem, you know, my, my greatest desire is for them to listen to me. So I'm going to find a way for them to listen to me. I feel like maybe, or I, I'm thinking that maybe what I need to do in light of that is kind of, we had this review, you know, and now I just need to sort of put these things down in paper over the next maybe two months and then ask to have a meeting where I am prepared <laughs> and I know, you know, where I have, like, we kind of just revisit, like, where are we at, which doesn't, I mean, I guess that's somewhat obvious, but I think that maybe it's you know, just being a little more proactive about it, mm-hmm. you know, so we, cause we had talked about various items we didn't have and things like that. So then, you know, like give it a time frame and then say, Hey, here we are, you know, either we're making progress or we're not, you know, well, and kind I think of show them. That's a cup. Yeah. I think what that you, you've done. 
Exactly. I think you're doing like a whole like thought download of all these things and bring it to like, you know, the, one of the coaching sessions, because really, I think the, the thing that I'd recommend to you is to get all of your thoughts down and not just your thoughts, the unsaid, you know, unspoken things like mm-hmm. the, you know, the guys always speak up and I don't speak up. Why don't I speak up? You know, start asking yourself these questions of mm-hmm. you know, um, like what is the purpose of the meeting? And I think the questions to have like in your armamentarium that are very, very helpful that gives you a pause is to just ask clarifying questions. What do you mean by that? Can you clarify? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What are, you know, you're asking me what my target is. Why don't you tell me what your target is? You know, mm-hmm. you're, um, and I think if you visualize this idea of like, they are shining a spotlight on you. And of course, like what happens when you, the spotlight shining, you, you know, you're, you're feeling that the tendency is to freeze. I can't speak up you know, mm-hmm. things like that. And so we'd like, how do I take this spotlight and then put it back on them? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that takes a little bit of thought ahead of time and some, mm-hmm. you know, practice role-playing things like that too, but being very, very clear about what you want. And then when you start realizing that your goals align with theirs, it became, it becomes much easier to come to the same conclusion. And that's that thing that never split the difference is, you know, really understanding what they want. And then you figure out how to get them to do what you want. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Right. I like that. Yeah. I, I just want to jump in for a second yeah. too, because one way that I took that whole question thing is in her book is, I think she's trying just to get to like she talks about like our animal bodies and trying to get to just like our behavior and so so I tend to be a perfectionist and so I'm like well how do I do this right but I think that's partly not her point the point is just to start practicing it so even if it is like what you think a bad question the point is just to flip the dynamic and start practicing that was what I got out of that you know and then eventually probably become more natural and more you know then you'll have quote, better questions, but I almost got that it didn't matter. (laughs) I agree. Well, and I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, that was a perfect point because I think that her congruence thing was very helpful. Didn't you love that? Where like, you know, when she gave the example of like going next door to the guy who's like playing loud music and we're like, you know, I just want to really ask you the nicest way to turn off your music. Right. (laughs) I was bitchy. I asked nicely. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, oh, I like the um, her whole idea of like calling passive aggressiveness being a bad sub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of those in my life. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, but you know, I but I think that it's absolutely. I just really, really, the more I think about it, really like a lot of her points of us being congruent with what we're thinking and how we're acting, um, and then watching other people. Are they being congruent with what they're saying? And you know, if they're, if they're like. Oh yeah, your RVU targets are fine. They're they're fine. Right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like they don't act like it's fine. You know, are they saying, oh, you're fine? I mean, everything's just is uh, you know, your RVU targets are on track. You know, it's it's like, and that may be something that you're either you're not out of your head enough to see the other person, or you're reading the um that they're not being congruent, what they're saying, what they're thinking. So yeah, the, the deeper level of that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think we're really out of touch. I don't think I know how to do that, <laughs> you know, um, pay attention to the congruent, you know, definitely yeah. more in my head than in my body. So. I think most of us are. Um, <laughs> but, and then when, it is so funny because when you start noticing stuff, then a lot of times we just make so much stuff mean so much stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we cause ourselves unnecessary suffering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And totally uh, kind of what you guys were talking about. She's like, if you want something, just ask, you know, it's like, <laughs> such a simple statement, but I realized how hard that can be, especially for us women with our social, social conditioning, mm-hmm. you know, I'm kind of like, I feel like I've been asking for a while now, you know, but I'm not sure maybe I'm not asking in the right way or, or I'm not. I don't, I don't know, but I, 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 um, part of the reason for, you know, kind of doing all this and like self-improvement, if you will, is to kind of like figure out, well, what is my desire? What do I really want? Do I even want to be doing this? Do I even want an RFA machine? You know, and I think part of that, that's kind of the bigger issue and boy, that's, that's hard to grapple with, you know, like 
you know, and I'm not even, that's like, that's like hours of therapy there, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I, let, me, let me restate that, that what you just said though. Um, I'm not sure how to convince them to buy an RFA, RFA machine because I don't know if there's any value. Right. Like for me personally, like, yeah. do I know it's, it's good for the, you know, good for the RVUs? Yeah. But like, do I really want to do that? You know, do I, so I think that has been part of my issue. Um, and so kind of like, yeah, actually, truly speaking your desires, I'm a little afraid to actually say what I really desire. So, yeah. Well, um, in this particular instance, you know, it, the indecision is the problem. What if you just oh, decide? Yeah, great point. You, you, <laughs> you're think... asking them to fix a battle that you haven't quite won yet. Now, if you just, I mean, it sounds like probably either answer is fine. You know, the the the, the conflict is is within yourself. Like, well, I don't want to use an RFA machine. It's stupid. I don't care if there's RVUs. And then you let it go. Or you say like, well, I mean, there you have a point. The RVUs are helpful. And I don't want to do it because it'll be extra time, effort, whatever. Um, but I'm going to decide to do it and I'll make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of like take ownership of the decision, right? Yeah. You know, and make one and stick with it. Uh, like after this meeting that I was talking about, like both my, me and my partner, we looked at each other and we're like, all right, we're giving, I said, I'm giving it two years. If things don't improve in two years, then I've got to find something else to do. He's like, oh, I was thinking one. <laughs> so I don't know, but I feel like, yeah, like really for a year or however long and just like really taking ownership and just trying, like trying trying to make things work and like, like, you know, figure out what it is that you actually want. I think clarifying your desires is helpful first. And I think they can give us two strategies of approaching a problem. So let's take this RFA machine, which I, I don't know much about, but like, uh, <laughs> I know a little bit about it, but let's say that, you know, you decided that you want it and you can do the sub thing of, bringing them in because you truly desire it. You know, just saying, I really think that we should get an RFA machine because it will really enhance patient care and, and improve the RVUs. You know, I really mm -hmm. feel this. And when you know the desire and when you feel the desire and you, when you communicate it to them, the, I think that then you're congruent with what your, your desire is, what you're saying and, and how you come across. And they can say yes or no, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And then if they say like, well, I don't know if we could afford that, you know, then your question is, you know, you can do those things like afford it. Um, what do you mean? Like, well, it's going to cost this much money and this and that uh, it'll cost money. Yes. Well, you know, it's going to cost some upfront stuff too. And like, well, I will, we'll be able to charge for it. Right. Um, well, I, I haven't really thought about that. Like, do you know how much we need to charge for it? No, it's like, what if we look into the cost, you know, balance of it? You, those are the kind of the questions that you start, you know, mm -hmm. and do a little bit more for reflection. Like, what is their concern? If you seek their desire and you get the conversation going, you can, you can start to get the, what they're holding on. Um, so that's the subway of doing it is where you know your desire and you seek your desire. And I kind of, then the other one is the dot, the dominant one, the dominant one where she, she uses, and I thought it was interesting. She says you a lot. You all are going to benefit from getting an RFA machine, um, and when you look into it, <laughs> you'll see that it'll get a lot of money for RVUs. You know, it's interesting because it's just this shining the whole spotlight stuff on there. I thought it was really two interesting ways to approach it that I'd never thought about it before. Mm. So, Amy, did you see that? I didn't get that far in the book about you know, like kind of um, uh, bring like saying you, like you, 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 which is, which is so great. I love that. <laughs> It's, it's very dominant. And if you're not a very dominant person, it feels very uncomfortable, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, we do that all the time in the OR though, don't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a constant, right? But yeah. they're sort of conditioned to accept an order. Like they want an order. They, they want you to tell them exactly what you want. <laughs> I think it's just uh, that we're clear on what we want. You know, and the OR is clear, you know, uh, you're going to need to prep that area a little better. You're, you're going to need to get that instrument that I ask, 
you know, things like that. Or you say like, I really need that needle driver. I know that's like way back there, but you know, I really need it. Do you mind getting that for me? You know, is, is that's the sub part, you know? So those part we know on, I think it's easier because we're clear on what we want and what we need. Now, if you're there in a meeting situation, the problem that you get in trouble with is if you don't decide, I don't know if I want the RFA machine. I don't even know if I want enough desire to pull off sub. And I don't want to be dominant because I'm not even sure I want, I'm not sure which outcome is correct. And so you can see that the problem is not the approach, but it's the desire in the first place. Right. And I think in meetings, um, specifically, you don't necessarily, or at least coming, if you're new into the meeting, there is sort of a hierarchy of the meeting, but you don't necessarily know what it is yet. Um, and if you haven't been in a bunch of them, then it feels a little weird. You know, now that I've been there about a year and a half, like I hear who speaks up more, who like, who kind of does the talking, who doesn't, et cetera. But like kind of figuring all of that out, it's like very clear in the OR who's, who's, you know, like running things and whatnot. But um, I don't know, I feel like in a meeting, it's a, it can be a little more fluid and a little more challenging. But I would I actually, think, if you know who well, you are and you know what your role is, um, I mean, I see, I think sometimes we forget we're the effing surgeons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, walk, no, we yeah. walk in with some power, you know, we're not like, Oh, I'm, I'm just the new attending or I just got here. Like I'm the surgeon. I'm here because you want me here. I'm here because I have something you need. I have information you don't have. You need something from me. I think too, a lot of it is it's, we have been conditioned both as women and in the medical field, in your training, there is so much hierarchy. And so I think part of that is breaking through of that. And that's what you're getting at Amy is like, we need to change our, our thoughts around that. Um, mm -hmm. And she, and I think in her book, she's talking about um, the congruency is, is changing your thoughts, but also like making sure the entire message you send is congruent with that. But First, we have to get clear on that. And that's what some of her early exercises are, is like knowing where you're at, um, yeah. which I haven't done yet. <laughs> so. well, I mean, I think this is like very similar to the self-sabotage thing. You know, I tried, um, we did the workshop on it was helpful, but this is like, this is like our whole life stuff. You know, this is not like a read a book and know the answer. Yeah, it's gather the information and, and do a little bit at a time and practice mm -hmm. it. I mean, I think that's the practice part, you know, well, that's why the whole book is around those mistress groups because, um, she realizes you have to practice it. It's not going to come naturally to any of us because mm -hmm. of the way oh. we've been conditioned. So that's what I took from that at least. Um, hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. So, but I do tend to do that. I tend to read books, but then never actually follow through. So I don't get as much out of them. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I find that with audiobooks. Yeah. The, the audiobooks are where I, I can like brush over it and then like, uh -huh. forget cause you're already on to the next lesson. Right. Yeah, I did. And I do mostly audiobooks because I have a long commute and it's the best place for me to fit it in, you know? So, and I, I agree with Jess. She does have a very nice voice. So that was pleasurable. <laughs> um, it's funny that that self-sabotage book um, I've been reading on my Kindle and listening um, on um, audible and I have the hard copy and they're all different. And the thing is, is like with the audible stuff, it, it syncs with my Kindle stuff. And so I'm still like in the earlier things. And so it keeps bumping me back. And I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. And I listened to the same part like five times and I still get something out of it, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think too, one thing we, we kind of said earlier is, um, how we ask is probably not very effective because yeah. I think she, she brought up a couple examples. Um, but like we tend to complain instead of ask and we think yeah. that's asking, you know, or and yeah. I think is like I'll admit, like kind of afraid to ask, and it's part of our conditioning. Um, as women, we're kind of not supposed to want anything. So if we complain, if we asking, it means we want something. Whereas mm -hmm. if we're complaining, we're hoping that someone just gets the idea, but we're not asking, we're still behaving the way we should, you know, <laughs> we're yeah. still the, you know, and well, I definitely have done that. Oh gosh. 
I, I, I love that. And the, the one that I posted about the, the partner, um, not, uh, you know, dumping the patient and stuff, because the way the method of communication was just like a snarky comment. And like, well, right. I said it and, right. and I was even insulting about it, you know, but right. that, that's like a soft lob, you know, like, the, of course they dismissed it because you mm-hmm. didn't, you know, you didn't know your desire and you didn't speak it out loud. My desire is like, I want a partner who's not like an asshole, you know, I want a partner who would do what I do, which is be considerate of other people. Like that's your deepest desire. And then the request that you have is, I want you to not put this patient on this day that will dump on me over the weekend. Right. Yeah. The only only way that changed was to actually directly say it. And then that was, I'm trying to think that was like a sub, a sub request. Like I would really like it if you were considerate of me not Mm -hmm. having a patient, you know, doing that big patient that I'd have to take care of the weekend. That was the Mm -hmm. sub one. No, like Adana was like, you're going to move that patient because putting that patient on a Friday, when I have to round, you're being an asshole. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Both are very direct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll admit the sub one's probably going to be easier for me to conquer first. <laughs> well, the thing is though, and I, I think that she speaks to our, our, um, our thoughts about that too. Sub is not submissive. You know, it's not, it's not weak. Right. I, I thought that actually was very, very helpful. She says, if you are in tune with your desire and you say this with the utmost sincerity and you communicate directly what you want, that's extremely powerful. And maybe that's where we have the strength. The only weakness we have is not understanding the desire in the first place, which speaks to what you said is that we were not conditioned to, to look at our desires and speak our desires and know what they are. And so these exercises of coming up with our desires, I think are so powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not easy. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I did realize though, I did, I did that one a little bit. And cause that whole independent woman thing, I think you posted about it. It totally spoke. I'm sure it speaks to oh most women. Like, like so that girl. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that we got here partly because we're those independent women. So I'm sure we all. <laughs> and <laughs> cause I think at one point she talked about it, like, I just want everybody to take everything off of my plate and I just want to like rest, you know? <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like amazing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. No, that was like that was actually honestly the one that spoke to me the most. And you know, one one of the posters on there too is like, I feel attacked. <laughs> like, me <Yeah>. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's True. exactly what it is, isn't it? It's like, oh my gosh, I always thought that that was a strength. I don't need anybody else. I've got all this. I am successful all on my own. And I was, mm-hmm. I've been so proud of that. And when I read that, I was like, son of a bitch, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's the thing now too, is, um, you know, now that I went from employed to private practice, that's the, part of the biggest challenges is that I do have to make the decisions. I can't do it all on my own. And it's very outside my comfort zone to ask people to do stuff. And then also mm-hmm. what I'm having trouble with it's, it's desire is one thing, but actually, you know, it's more clarity clarity of what I want. They're like, well, what do you want? I'm like, I don't know. Well, crap. Yeah. That's the problem. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. So partly that takes time, right? So time to reflect time to do this stuff. And I, I mean, we've talked about time scarcity several times, both in room one and on, you know, the common thread, but, um, realizing and then for me what keeps coming up is um I'm getting a little off the book topic but deciding that these things are worth it you know Mm -hmm. um just continuing to run my life like on full speed (laughs) never stopping so well what is the answer do you think why put the time worth it yeah I'm getting there now but yeah yeah where people found coaching is when they decided like what I'm doing is is not quite working, you know, that was kind of like leaving the job. And that's, that's actually sometimes the hardest part. Like, how do you change when your job is okay? Like being an independent woman is fantastic, but I don't want to be just an independent woman anymore. I want to be like, a, I don't know, like good girl (laughs) 3.0. Well, you know, I I want to succeed and do stuff and to do so 
is going out of your comfort zone. It's leaving something that's good for something better. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the hard part. It's like, why do I want to put the, for this effort? Because things pretty good. It's like when you make the decision, I kind of want it to be great. I kind of want to be home more often. I was listening to Amy Porterfield where she's like this billionaire or whatever. And she like, well, I went to a four day work week. I'm like, I went, do I want that? I don't know if I want that, but wouldn't it be nice to have that choice to do so, to be successful, so successful that she can start to decide what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, when I went back to work um, after I had my first child, I had a, a live-in nanny because I was basically kind of single wanting it. And um, so in order to make it work for her schedule, I went back Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but I also did some week weekend stuff. And, and don't get me wrong, it was brutal, but having that like Tuesday, Thursday off was amazing. It was great, you know, like it, it was when I think about it now, like how can I get that back where, <laughs> uh, you know. It's so, almost like you spoke a desire out loud. There you go. <laughs> yeah, having, yeah, having like a four day work week to have that one day where you are able to schedule your s- stuff with your child that like people do with their kids that would be cool you know or or to just have time to like kind of do something other than surgery because I think we kind of get into a rut of like surgery 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 you know I don't know it just gets sort of beaten into you to where like that's it and my husband's surgeon too so then we we just talk about surgery all so it's a little unidimensional and I think you kind of like yeah you're like okay it's time to start you know I'm almost 40 now like all right Life is passing me by. I need to sort of, you know, do the things that I would love to do. Sorry. I think I've reached the end of my time, my independent time with my son. He's getting involved in talking. Before you go, though, before you go, think of though, that is your desire. Your desire is to have a work-life balance that works for you. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I think ask all yourself, what is holding you back? And that's, you know, one thing is that the thread that, that, uh, you know, Kelly started, which is, you know, what if work is just, what if surgery just work, you know, um, yeah. and you see oh. all the biases yeah. that we have about that. So what's holding you back from your desires are the biases, biases that are here, like the responsibility to be like, you know, well, surgeons have to give up everything and women have to give up everything. And that's just the way that it is. And, you know, surgery is all encompassing and I can't possibly be part-time and I can't possibly make less because that'll make all women around the world look bad. You know, all this. (laughs) I've had all of those thoughts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course you have. We're conditioned. Right. And I think Amy, you've talked a lot about redefining success. Like, um, because I think we we tend to think one outcome is an option. You know, and so other can be just as good or just as worthy. Yes. Um, and I'll have to dig up that, that post on, on the purpose-driven life is that the, the traps that we have to keep us, that hold us back from our purpose. And one is guilt. You know, another is um, like doing it for someone else. And, you know, I, I heard this too, like, well, I mean, I represent all women everywhere. If I take, if I go to part-time, then everyone's going to think only women work part-time. And like, we have to hold up the entire, you know, female race, you know, uh, it's just, it's interesting, like all the thoughts that lead us to holding us back from our desire. If your desire is, I want to be the best surgeon I could possibly be on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, because I can do that. And I have the, the will and the desire and the means to create that as an outcome for me. Why not? Why not? Um, I, I have on several occasions uttered the phrase, there's no such thing as a part-time surgeon. Like right. I've, you know, I've totally said that a bazillion times. A bazillion times. <laughs> a bazillion times. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so that that is a uh, a belief that I have internalized belief that I have that I think is something that I have to examine and see sort of you know, is that really working will could it work I don't know and I don't know the answer to that but I think it's something to think about if you were to create that like how would you overcome that that thought could you imagine and you can just let's say you could pick whatever you want like how would you dream that happening well I think it's easier for me to name my fear which is I'm in a small group and I fear that the the, the partners will then bear 
you know, because we operate, right? So, and you have to take care of complications or problems and things like that. So, I worry that they will think less of me, you know, if I'm, if I'm, you have to set a boundary and then is that really working for you? You know, so I think it comes with a lot of question marks and I feel like the only way to do that is to do basically only a vein practice, which so far I haven't been willing to do. How could you state that as a desire? (laughs) Um, Well, I think, my desire would be to my ultimate desire is to have, is to have uh, enough time to explore other things that I'm interested in at a very basic level. And not that so no, this is complaint. But, you know, in keeping with the format of this, the, the yeah. complaint or the chief complaint, you know, is that my partners will not understand that. If you were to switch that into, like, if you take, take that um, that complaint and turn it into a desire, what is the desire specifically regarding um, how you your partners will feel about? Mm. Well, I, I would I would want them to be you know, on on board with me being part time and respect my you know days off. I guess. Time, time. Yeah. How do you feel when you put it in that way? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, like, how much of a burden it would cause for them, you know, as far as, well, can they, can they kind of triage things at night, and then, you know, if something had to be done, deal with it during the day, or, beep, beep, but beep. I don't know if I'm, I'm exactly answering your question. Yeah, no, I think if you are, at least, so the way I would, like, look at that, and, and this, you know, I'm in practice with this myself here, like, my desire is I want to work three days a week and do so in a way that empowers my partners to help me in the days that I'm not, that we are all in understanding what the boundaries are. So they know that I'm there hundred percent when I'm there and I appreciate all that they're doing when I'm not. I don't know. First pass. Right? <laughs> Let's say you have a better idea. <laughs> But the thing is, is that you're speaking the desire out loud. You know, if you feel like you're just complaining, then then what what your brain is hearing is like, well, you know, my partners are never going to get that. They're never going to understand that. This can't possibly work. So you're asking yourself, your, your brain is like answering the wrong question. Like you're, you're trying to say like, well, my partners do this. Probably not. What if you start telling your brain this, this is what I want. I truly desire a practice working part-time and I really desire the partners to see the clarity that I have, which is I will be there a hundred percent the time that I'm at, but I'm creating this division and boundaries that work for me. And I want to make sure that it works for them too. That's, That's a good way of phrasing it. Yeah. When talking to them, because I do think I have folks that would be um, receptive with the right couching <laughs> with the right you know like. but that's the subway to do it right you're very yeah. clear in your desire and you're communicating your desire um to them you're very clear in your desire um and then by you know expressing it out with that sincerity kind of shining through um it it feels different both to you and, and to them i would think Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, myself too, like, I just want, I would like to know, you know, what exactly, what does my partner want, you know, like, what is, what does he desire, you know what I mean? Because like, we, we, you know, we're friends too. And like, I think we're, um, you know, we both want to make life easier for each other. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, having that clarity is really important, actually might not be a bad idea now to kind of, you know, maybe sit down with him and really be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, part yeah, of the desire is yeah, I want my partner to be happy with this too. Right? Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's hard. I think it's hard for us to be vulnerable, like you said, have that honest conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'm going to read the whole book <laughs> and, and listen to it on Audible and then maybe, you know, have that sort of discussion with him, which is a good, I think it's, you know, as the summer stretches on, it's probably a good time to do that. 
Well, I think, you know, we um, try to help by within the Facebook group and all too, just kind of putting prompts and things like that too, because I'm totally understand that, that it's hard to read the whole book and things like that too. And so, you know, the, just like in room one with the self-sabotage and with these things too, I'm, I'm working through all this too. Um, you know, kind of like us helping each other out and providing examples, I think helps a little bit too. You know, like when I request, like, let's all get our thought download about, you know, the admin or thought downloads about partners and things like that. It's like, we're all offering our, ourselves perspectives. And then it's really, you know, the strength of being honest with yourself. And that's where I like a lot of her exercises. Like you don't have to share with anybody, but, you know, and this, the thought downloads too, it's like, you know, that's what coaching is, is providing safe space self-coaching or with a coach is providing self space for you or a, a safe space for you to dump out everything that's, that you're really thinking, you know, like that's how we figure out how we get the results we want is when we're honest with ourselves. And the more you suppress it, the the harder that it gets, because it'll always come up. Like today I had something come up that's something I've been resentful for and not really quite facing it. And then, you know, something comes up where it flares all again, like there it is again, you know, and it's just because we don't acknowledge it doesn't mean it goes away. But when you acknowledge it, that it helps a little bit too. The more you suppress stuff, it's just like the beach ball, push it down, smack it back in the face. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think for me, like I had to realize um, I was going to be honest and open because I think um, as a successful surgeon or just as a person, you almost feel like um those are flaws or failures, you know, and, um, just keeps talking about this. Like there's nothing wrong with any of us and it's just, we're just trying to be better people, you know? Yeah. And so by showing that and being vulnerable is the only way, well, maybe not the only way, but a good way to get better, you know, yeah. um, that is actually a strength and not a weakness. And it, it's necessary too. like us, um, you know, we were conditioned to not show emotions, suppress emotions, you know, to be, the, um, you know, that stereotypical surgeon of, you know, no nonsense, nothing affects me kind of thing. Um, and I think that we have the ability to realize that expressing these things and, and dealing with them is, is such a powerful strength. And that's, again, you know, that the, the thought that being um, a submissive and knowing our desires, expressing our desires is actually probably more powerful and more effective sometimes than these dominant pos uh, positions that we put ourselves in, of which right. sometimes don't even feel right anyway. Like, I mean, if we kind of, and, and that, I discovered this early on, you know, when I kind of went in there trying to act like the stereotypical surgeon of bossing around and this and that, it, it didn't wear it well. It didn't feel well. I had that, that, um, is it, I, I wasn't congruent with what I felt and, and I'm sure that that's where, where it didn't land very well. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what I was alluding to earlier about. I kind of like the sub. I could see that fitting better. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and, and it's powerful. Like it can be really powerful. And that, that's the thing, exactly why. Like, why why don't we use that? Because we're under the perception that it's a weakness. And right. I, the one thing that I'm taking away from this book that's like most powerful is that that's actually really powerful. And why not mm -hmm. use that? Use your strengths. Um, mm -hmm. So who knew? Right, exactly. Yeah. So I hope the rest of the book is that, yeah, like I, I haven't read the whole thing either, but cause I got a late start. Cause I wasn't sure exactly what to, to take away from it. But when I started reading, I was like, Oh, this is actually really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're like a Dallas nun and a dominatrix. So like, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like when you put it that way, I'm like, Oh, that's badass. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is either going to be like brilliant or a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. Either way is going to be interesting. So we have a couple of minutes now. Have you guys had any books or any thoughts or is there a gap that you're looking at that I could find a book for? Um, you know, the things that I've seen, um, there's uh, Carol Dweck's mindset. Um, there's, there's something on people pleasing. Um, what are some of those that have come up? There's something, the soul of money on money. Um, what are some of the things that you guys feel like we haven't covered, need to cover, you know, any thoughts? I mean, money is a huge one, I think, for everybody. And yeah. I think it keeps a lot of us in jobs we don't want. And does it really need to? Do we really yes. need as much money as we think we need? You know, and um, I know I personally have, like, only until recently put security and, like, money above almost anything else, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it actually took my dad dying at a young age for me to, like, change that. So um, 
but I think it's a concept that, you know, we worry about until we're like 85 and then we can't enjoy the money. <laughs> yeah. you know, the most profound thing for me was when I went to the private practice and I started determining the salaries of people that work for me, like pitifully low. Right. Yeah. Why? Who am yeah. I to be all like drama about like, oh my gosh, I didn't make this much or whatever. It's like when we are like really like so much more wealthy and then what are we using with that money, which is just a number, you know, what are we, yeah. that's like, it, it represents power too, you know, and that the, we think the power is like holding on to it. What if we could actually use that for something like even including ourselves, like we wouldn't even use it on ourselves. We'd like pack it in this corner. Like I'm going to hold this here, like a little wubby and I'm not going to mess with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do too. Um, yeah. I would just say the same. I, whenever you kind of went through different books I mean, I've read mindset. I think that's a good book, but um, I mean, I think a lot of that we're kind of doing. So maybe a little bit redundant. Um, I think that the money, money thing. Yeah. Like the beliefs about that, that was like the one I was like, Oh yeah, that, that would be, I, I hate to say it, but like, like how to, yeah, I don't know. But I, I think money, those topics would be um, useful for sure. Okay. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to post it as a group to find the best money. Baby. The only one right now, I know right now um, that talks about like money mindset is the soul of money. Um, but I'll, um, and I haven't read that yet. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to post it to the group and just see, um, and I'll find, I'll find a good book. I'll post it to some other books too, because I do think that we're ready for that talk on money. Um, you know, my, my, um, lots of that are ever evolving. Um, the one thing it, it does hold you back. It held me back. It held me in a good job and it kept me from getting a great job until I decided like I could like quit this and, and work at Target. Nothing again, nothing against Target, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, you know, people are living back. You know, what do I really need? What do I really need a month? What can I mm-hmm. give up? Like tons of stuff. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting how much it holds us back. Oh, I love it. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Any other thoughts? How is everything going in, you know, room one and such any um, feedback, anything that you'd want better, um, you know, more coaching, less coaching, different coaching. I mean, the I think you guys are doing like phenomenal job of like at different times, different people. I, I'm always blown away by like, Oh my like, Oh wow. There's another session. There's, Oh, he just ate the Play-Doh. Oh geez. Okay. Yep. um yeah you know so I think that's really great for me I don't I mean I I don't have any I guess super constructive feedback other than thank you and uh, I think you guys are awesome good well you know we're open to suggestions so please let us know if, if something's not working or you want something different yeah that's good I'm glad you guys are willing to continue to evolve too yeah absolutely I mean gosh imagine what this is going to look like in a year right who knows yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so nice talking with you guys um have a wonderful day okay thanks, thanks we'll see you bye